You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go. Kickoff. With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. People feel the excitement. Boomer in New York, me in Detroit. People, this is a tea time edition of this show. This man has a tea time. We are getting this man to the course. But first... Lots of football. Booms, how are you? I'm doing great, and I appreciate you uh, you know, making time for me and, and getting through this. I will say this. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel this way. At this moment, at this point in the NFL season, Mike, there are the San Francisco 49ers, and then there is everybody else. Yeah, I think it's as big of a gap. Honestly, Boomer, you know what they remind me of? It reminds me of a team from the late 80s, early 90s. A pre-salary cap era, loaded roster, you know, we're out here just picking up Charles Haley or primetime for fun, that type of team. It's a spoil of riches. They're, they're, they're an absolute nightmare. You know, I was, was going to say, I was asked last week on the NFL today, is Brock Purdy a top five quarterback? And I said, well, you know, he is a no. victim of circumstance. I mean, he stepped into a good team with a great offensive mind as a head coach and great play design. And he's got, you know, potential Hall of Famers all around him on that offense, plus the number one defense in football. So I would say, yeah, maybe a little victim of circumstance, but you still have to go out and perform. You still have to go out and make the throws. And certainly Brock Purdy has done that. So I gave him a top five rating without question. Are you – wow. Okay. See, I'm, I'm just different about it. I view it – we did this actually in Detroit this week. We played a game. One of the guys on my staff, Niners fan. I go, how many guys could walk in, and if you gave Shanahan the time, could give you close or exactly what Purdy's giving you? You wouldn't like the number we came up with. Uh, with what, 10? Keep going. 15. Keep going. Oh, come on. 17 guys. 17 guys, and Kirk Cousins is a part of that. Yes. I'm yeah. just making a point. It's about it, and it's not Purdy's fault. But when everything is schemed up, I think Shanahan's a genius. That, that, the, the weapons, the scheme, the whole bit. I, it's, listen, he does a nice job, and he's a good kid by all accounts. I don't want to slander the young man. But yeah, it was one of those where you're like, I could get you out of retirement. You well, could probably no, no, put no. up an 85 QBR. <laughs> no, I don't Maybe. think so. But you know what? I compare like him and Zach Wilson, and I watch the games, and I watch the mistakes that Zach Wilson makes. I watch right. the, the the plays that he misses. Um, you still have to go out there and perform. And Brock Purdy, and according to his own head coach, was all, was pretty flawless, if not totally flawless, uh, which would make more sense. Uh, than uh, than most quarterbacks would normally be. So I, I, I his performance last week against the Cowboys was was picture perfect, 
and it was Montana-esque. I don't care what it, what you say. There still has to be a guy that's throwing the ball, reading the defense, calling the plays, making the checks, and he's doing all of that. So we started out with a high note. Now we got to get into the mud. Uh, Eddie, rundown, please. The NFL rundown. Okay, well, I think you got a lot of people who want to run down Russell Wilson currently. Good God. Uh, let's talk about it because, Boomer, I don't know what the heck I'm watching. Now, I, 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 we'll, we'll talk Thursday Night Football, and it's going to lead me into this Denver situation at large. Just start out Chiefs offense. That was a very sleepy, short week. I get it. It would. Do you think there's another gear to this thing, or is this just who they are? Well, I think teams are uh, backing off. I think teams are trying to keep them in front of uh, their defenders. Um, I don't think Patrick Mahomes has been particularly sharp here through the first six weeks of the season. Uh, you know, they've played a lot of primetime games, a lot of short week games already. I mean, they're obviously on everybody's radar, but the greatness of a team doesn't usually show up until – December, January, and and then they take it on into the playoffs. So they're not playing great, but their defense is playing really good. Like this, like if you ask Patrick Mahomes, why are you guys winning? I think he'd be the first to tell you that defense and special teams are doing their jobs. We're not doing what we should be doing, and that is scoring touchdowns. So they were in the end, uh, red zone, what, five times on Thursday night? Yeah. Uh, came away with one touchdown. Uh, it's frustrating, I'm sure, for them. But I think teams are also defending them a little bit differently and not taking as many risks as maybe they have seen in the past. Uh, who won the Steve Smith versus Jerry Judy smack-off? What, what, <laughs> what was that exactly? Well, I guess Steve Smith has a podcast. I don't know how many people listen to it, but he obviously took issue with Jerry Judy as a player, calling him a jag, just another guy. And uh, I guess you wanted to go up and apologize to Jerry last night, and Jerry didn't want to have any part of it. I would probably have felt the same way had, had somebody said something like that about me. So I don't blame Jerry Judy, but then Steve Smith made a whole story about it last night on Amazon Prime or Thursday night Amazon Prime. Never seen anything like it. And uh, it was kind of crazy. I mean, I have never had a guy that was covering me that said something negative about me ever come up to apologize, uh, apologize about their opinion about my, the way that I played, ever. No, I, I, I've just, I, I don't think, well, and by the way, I don't think he has to. be. It's a weird thing to do. Jerry Judy has been just a guy. I mean, it's just what it is. I don't know why you got to make a spectacle of it. All right, let's move on to more big things here. I want to sell to you what I deem to be the most hopeless situation in the league. Work with me. And it, it is Denver. I mean, you give up your entire future to get a quarterback who's not partially baked, but fully. Russell Wilson looks done. Uh, his contract kicks in next year even if he got hurt and couldn't play football anymore you'd get banged another 38 million dollars you'd be on the hook for 75 you gave up a pick to get a coach who clearly doesn't like this quarterback doesn't get along can't get anything out of him your biggest free agent signings on each side of the ball you jettisoned one of them the other guy you stuck with him McGlinchey, even though he's playing like one of the giants tackles you stink in all three phases your defense doesn't do anything right and now you're sitting here and you go, what's our out? I give you the Denver Broncos. Have I overstated this? No, I don't think you have. I think you could throw New England and the Giants in that mix as well as like, what's the future hold? Where's the team going as we sit here in week six? Um, you know, last year, I think it was your Detroit Lions were one and six and yeah. then made it, made a season out of it the second half of the season. So can any one of these teams seem to turn it around in the second half of the season. I, I don't necessarily know that any of the three teams that we just talked about can 
or will. And I think a lot of the problems are uh, at, lie at the quarterback position for all three teams. And I don't think that Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are long for each other uh, after this no. season. And I'm I'm no. sure that Sean Payton, the way he is, is going to probably walk into that front office and say, I can't win with this guy. Come on. What are we doing here? Now, he's got $161 million guaranteed with that contract extension. And that is a major problem for the Broncos moving forward. And quite frankly, he's also going to say, look, I didn't sign this guy to the contract extension. I would have never done that. Uh, you know, because that's the way, you know, most of these coaches and the way that Sean Payton's going to act about this. He's going to try to distance himself as far as he can from Russell Wilson. With Wilson, I mean, Boomer, how does it work? I mean, if they if they take the hit, they destroy their cap next year. This guy's contract's an albatross. But, Boomer, how, what are we watching? It's like Russell Wilson lost his ability to process, to feel pressure, to I don't even – it's almost like he's in slow motion. I know that's not the most nuanced way to describe it. I just – I don't know what to say. This is why you take statistics and you throw them out the window. Uh, going into the game Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs, believe it or not, ratings-wise, Russell Wilson was the fourth-rated quarterback in the NFL. Now, the reason he is is because he doesn't take a lot of chances. He doesn't want to throw interceptions. He wants a high right. completion percentage. And he wants to be able to say, look at me, I completed 16 of 20 passes – and, you know, my completion percentage is high. I'm not throwing interceptions, although he did throw two last night. And the one by Nick Bolden uh, was was a great read by him and a bad read by Russell. But um, I, I, he's playing cautious. Like, he's not taking chances down the field. And for whatever reason, and let's just take the 70-point uh, Miami game off their schedule for one second and look at all the other games. For whatever right. reason, up until Thursday night, they played well offensively in either the first or the second half. They have not been able to put four quarters together. And usually that's the dip within the quarterback uh, and something is going on with him where the game either he gets like spooked during the game or he's afraid to make a mistake and he's playing kind of like he's handcuffed. And I know the coach doesn't want him playing that way. I know the coach wants him taking chances because they have big wide receivers. They have guys that they can – uh, give an opportunity to go make a play. You saw one of the great catches last night by one of their wide receivers. So it is frustrating, I am sure, and this is why I don't believe that Sean Payton and Russell Wilson will be back together in tandem next year. One will be gone. All right, we brought this up last week. I have to bring it back. We thought 38-3 to was a bad look. And then the Patriots played the trump card. Go out and lose 34 nothing. Report this week, Robert Kraft is angry, he's had enough, and he doesn't subscribe to letting Belichick do the choose-your-own-adventure deal. Boomer, I know you wanted to wait eight weeks. It's not going to go that far. I mean, look, if they don't beat the Raiders Sunday, they're staring Bill's Dolphins down the barrel. You're talking a one-and-seven start. Belichick, clearly one of the greats of all time. But, Boomer, it it's like you thought the team dead cat bounced, and then they said, no, 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 There's there's a there's more of a fall to go. What, do you put any stock in that report with Kraft? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, you know, I know they're all frustrated up there for sure. Um, there's a couple things going on here. Number one, Bill Belichick is the entire football operation. 
Don't ever forget that. He's got his fingerprints all over that organization. So in order to fire him right now, uh, that would basically be, um, you know, it would be, it would be organizational suicide. I don't, I don't think right. that you would want that. I don't think that anybody would want that. Uh, part of also, if you are angry with the coach, is making him go through it and, you know, standing in front of the media and getting peppered every each and every week, which is not uh, a fun thing to do um, for any coach, let alone a coach with uh, his resume and all the success that he has had. Now, after the season is over, could Robert Kraft decide, hey, look, you know, maybe this is would be in the best interest of everybody if uh, if we make changes here. If Bill is not controlling the roster, if Bill is not doing what he's always done, then I could see basically a meeting of the minds where it's better to split up. And that's why I speculated on WFAN, wouldn't it be interesting if the Giants had the number one overall draft pick and Bill Belichick decided to leave the New England Patriots because the only job that I think Bill Belichick would ever want if he's not coaching the Patriots would be the head coach of the New York Giants. I don't want him anywhere near the Giants. At this All right, but I'm just career. saying, that's why I speculated Yes, that. I mean, sure. And it was fun. just total I'm... speculation on my part, and everybody picked it up as if I thought that was going to come true. Well, that's how it works. You know how the game works. We're going to slice and dice what you say, take it out of context, and we're going to go make an article of it. But you, you know, understand what on, I'm man. saying, though, right? A hundred percent I do. I, I absolutely do. Would you like Caleb Williams it... and Bill Belichick together? No, you can keep the change. I'll take Caleb Williams. Okay. I, Boomer, I'm sorry. When I look at what he's done with the Patriots in the post-Brady era, and I look at that roster, a roster that you are rightfully telling me he controls, he picks, he selects. Boomer, the erosion of talent, athleticism, the perceived scheme advantages he used to present. No, never, ever should that man be shamed and gotten rid of during the year. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying at the end of this year, if this goes the way it's going, you have to look and go, guys, Belichick or not, we have one of the three or four worst futures in this league. He's in his 70s. It, it split up before this gets imba- more embarrassing. That's yeah. all I'm saying. There's one There's one other aspect of what's going on right now with the atrocities that took place in Israel this past week. And I know how close uh, Robert Kraft is to the country of Israel, to the leadership over there, to the political leaders. I'm sure that he has uh, got a real distraction on, on his hands uh, for all the right reasons. So I don't actually know that the football world right now is the most important thing in his eyes. I can't put words into his mouth, but I know how deeply he involved, he is involved with anti-Semitism and uh, the messaging about it. So I would think that there is a, a huge um, aspect of Bob Kraft's life that we, we have to kind of take into context here, given the enormity of the issues that are going on. Uh, we have a couple minutes left, so I want to hit two more issues here. One, and it's something or nothing, and and I trust you on this. Watching the Giants last week, Thibodeau, couple of sacks, fumble recovery, no emotion, no celebration, no getting in the end zone with his teammates, nothing. I've, it struck me as bizarre. Now, look, statistically speaking, he's got four sacks. I don't think he's played that well. But he's not the same guy he was last year from an emotion, energy, body language standpoint. Is that something or is that nothing? I, I think it's nothing given the way that that game was unfolding. I think maybe okay. he was just aware that, you know, look, there's no chance we're winning this. Why would I want to, like, celebrate something in the middle of a game where we're getting our asses kicked? So maybe I give him a little credit for having an awareness about doing the right thing at the right moment. No problem. I just had to ask. It struck me as a little bit odd. The other one was, what the heck is going on in Cleveland? Watson cleared to practice. They expected him to play after the bye. 
Then it turned into we hope he's functional. Now I'm looking at P.J. Walker probably starting Sunday. What what are you hearing out of Cleveland here with a very murky situation? Um, what I've heard is that there are some people that are very frustrated with Deshaun. Then I heard uh, my own partner here at WFN, Greg Giannotti, basically said, oh, I know why he's not playing this week. Why is that? Because it's Nick Bosa and the 49ers. And I'm like, oh, of course, you're a sports talk host, so you got to take that take on it. I'm, I'm really disappointed that he's not playing either, especially with having the green light last week. But it is an AC right. joint that is bothering him. And if he's not 100% and, and it's gonna be th- he's going to be thinking about it on the field, he's not doing himself any favors, and he's certainly not doing the Browns any favors. But uh, I'm sure this is a huge question mark in that locker room without question. All right, we got a lot more to do. Picks, mistakes were made. Bad week for underdogs, bad week for us. We got the picks, we got some other issues, and I got to ask Boomer about a very special player near and dear to his heart. All that and more coming up next. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valeni. Let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequilas, the Reposado, the Anejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. It's Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. Casamigos Tequila reminds you always to please celebrate responsibly.